Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. What's up, everybody? Good morning. I don't have a whole lot of time today, so we're just going to dive right in. Welcome in to Mike in the Morning. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me getting these tweets out there. All right, we're ready to go. Yeah, I'm very short on time today, so I got to get to these quick. But I saw this chart yesterday from Bill Connolly of ESPN. He's the college football stats guy, or the the numbers guy, I should say. He does the S&P Plus. It's a pretty great formula when it comes to... uh, Picking college football games and looking at teams and all that good stuff. They do a really good job with uh, the returning production component of uh, of this. So we're going to talk about that today. The, the chart is out. And how much does it actually matter? That's really what I'm wanting to talk about today. Is how much does that matter, returning production? When you're looking at especially the opening week's games more so than anything else, because as the season goes on, returning production matters Less and less and less. Uh, But how much should it matter? How much should you look at it? We're going to talk about that today right here on the live stream. If you are a first-time viewer, though, I do want to remind you real quick that you can watch this in many different ways. YouTube would be ideal. Just search my name right there on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and ring the notification bell as well so you know when I go live or a new video is posted on YouTube Facebook, my name, Twitter, my name, or wherever you get your podcast. My name or Mike in the morning should turn up results. Subscribe, leave a rating and a review on the podcast feed. Zach, you're killing me today. He said, man, tomorrow war is not great. You're crazy. I enjoyed it. I mean, you have to ignore a couple of the plot holes. One being, why did the people in the future not just come to the past and say, here's what's coming try your best to prevent it. Instead, all the world governments are like, yeah, we'll send people to the future to fight a war that we could have 30 years to prepare for. You know, besides that, I enjoyed it. You're crazy. You're crazy. Um, So yeah, yeah, subscribe, YouTube, podcast, wherever. I would appreciate that very much. Returning production. I'm going to put this chart up for you. This is from Bill Connolly of ESPN. He's, He's the best. And uh, you might be able to see this. I don't know how well you're going to be able to see it. Uh, let's see on the screen. Um, you see it okay, I think. Returning production. And this is just a percentage of last year's production. And by the way, he's, he clarified on Twitter, this date is old. So this is updated as of yesterday. So this is not as of late May. This is as of yesterday. He just forgot to change the header when he put it out there and it was too late. Returning production. This is the percentage of your team's production last year returning this year. So, and it's not created equal, right? If you have a team that has a quarterback that threw for 1,500 yards last year, well, that's 100% of your passing yards returning. So it's it's not perfect, but it still is a good indicator of what a team has coming back versus another team. 
And my question, like I said at the beginning, is how much should this factor in? I look at this, I especially like looking at this going into week one of a season. You've got some really significant matchups early, and there's one in particular that nobody's really talking about, but it starts right here with the number three team in college football in returning production, the number three team, and the number 118 team in college football. The opening weekend, not any, nobody's talking about Texas and Louisiana. Nobody's really talking about it. That's not a game that's on anybody's radar. But that's a ULL team, or Louisiana team, I should say, that returns basically everybody. A team that went to Ames last year and beat Iowa State. A team that is going to Austin and will not at all be intimidated whatsoever. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. They have... Very, very, a very good chance of going to Austin and winning that game, I think. The talent discrepancy will be there, but it was in Ames last year. You've got a Texas team that returns less than 60% of last year's production. They're breaking in a new quarterback, an entire new coaching staff, a new scheme, and a lot of people would say, well, it's a better scheme, but um, Are we going to pretend like Tom Herman wasn't an offensive guru when he took over at Texas? I mean, Tom Herman was the OC at Ohio State, basically the same job that Sark had at Alabama. Uh, I think Texas is going to be better. I I think he'll do a good job. He has head coaching experience. Tom Herman really did not. But you've got all those factors, and everything is the same at ULL. You're telling me that Texas shouldn't be on upset alert, and I think a lot of that is due to the fact that ULL has this continuity. It's the same team, same coaching staff. They've won games like this before. They won't be intimidated at all, not at all. Um, I'm interested in that. I think that, especially in week one, that's an indicator. You've got other examples. Miami. Miami returns 91%. 91% of its production from last year. It was a pretty good team. Not a great team, but a good team last year. Alabama, 56% of its production last year returns. And Alabama's a very similar situation. Not a new head coach, and I mean, it's Nick Saban. I don't think Alabama's losing that game necessarily. But replacing a quarterback, replacing offensive weapons, replacing a bunch of guys on the coaching staff, there are so many people so many people that think that Alabama is going to beat Miami by four, like 40 points or whatever. It, it, maybe that happens. I'm not going to pick Miami to win the game. But if that opening line is 18, I would be tempted to go Miami here because of what they have returning versus what Alabama has returning, for example. Um, I'm interested in that. I think that that matters. I think when you're picking games early in the season, when you've got nothing to go by other than projection, quarterback play is the easiest thing to do. So when Ole Miss plays Louisville, and I'll compare those two in a second as well, but when Ole Miss plays Louisville, Ole Miss has advantage in quarterback, advantage in roster experience. That's who's likely going to win the game. It's 
it's more nuanced than that, of course. But when you're picking these open season games, that's a metric that is really easy, really easy to um, to guide you in picking opening week games. For the last three seasons, my best picks have come in the opening weekend. And I think it's largely because I've relied on stuff like this. Or maybe I'm just dumb lucky, I suppose. JP says, everybody loves to look for that mid-major sweetheart. Yeah, the Cajuns can bang with the horns. Interested to see what that line will be, but ULL is sneaking up on no one this fall. That is true. I mean, Sark in, in Texas, they're they're not going to sleepwalk through that game, and they're not going to take them lightly. Uh, it, it'll be the a, a similar-ish concept to the Liberty game for Ole Miss. Like, you know, it's Liberty, and it's easy for a, a kid that wasn't at Ole Miss when Hugh Freeze wasn't there to kind of, be like, yeah, Liberty, who cares? They'll make sure that those kids are prepared and focused for that game, even though it's not a name that makes you excited, right? It's Liberty. It's a diploma mill funded by a crazy person or, or founded originally by a crazy person. But they play great football. Um, same thing here with ULL. I, I think that, yeah, they can play with Texas, but you're right. I mean, Sark is not going to let them overlook those guys, uh, no doubt. Brian says, that game was a nightmare for Texas. We've seen many first-year coaches lose their first game against experienced teams like UL. Um, Nick Saban, different Louisiana program, but Nick Saban in year one lost to Louisiana Monroe. I mean, it's entirely possible, uh, especially with what Texas is replacing. Kyle disagrees with me. He says Bama by three touchdowns, although it depends on how that looks, right? I mean, I would not be at all surprised if Alabama did win by three touchdowns or more, but I would be surprised, truly, genuinely surprised, if it's when Alabama played Southern Cal a few years ago and the game was just an ass-kicking, forgive my language, from start to finish. Uh, I don't see that happening here. I think it might be a struggle for a while. Maybe similarly to uh, the Georgia game last year where Stetson Bennett had a lead at halftime and then it all all fell apart. Will says, with win over Texas, does Napier find a new team after this season? What is he waiting on? I, I can't quite figure it out. Part of me still thinks that it's LSU. And I don't don't have any basis for that other than what else could he possibly be waiting on. He has had an opportunity to get SEC jobs and has said no. He's had an opportunity to get Power 5 jobs, many Power 5 jobs, the SEC and beyond. And he he said no. I don't understand what he's waiting for. And the only thing that makes sense to me is that he has found a home in Louisiana. He has established a recruiting base and relationships with high school coaches in Louisiana, and he sees just down the road in Baton Rouge a situation where they could be looking for a football coach sooner rather than later. Maybe that's what he's waiting on. Maybe it's LSU. He didn't have to move far. He's already got all those roots established in the state. It is, at the end of the day, one of the best jobs in college football. I mean, I know – you know, people hate hearing that, but it's true. It's one of the best jobs in the sport. Maybe that's what he's waiting on because nothing else to me makes any sense. I can't believe South Carolina didn't try it harder for him. I mean, maybe the reporting is true and that he turned them down, but I mean, he played his college ball there. I don't know, but that might be what he's waiting for. That might be what he's waiting for. 
Kyle says Miami can't uh, match up physically on the lines, and, and that'll be what does them in. It's it'll be the trenches. But Alabama might see some early growing pains with all everything that they're replacing. I know he looked great in the spring game, but I, I'm not yet convinced that Bryce Young is going to be the second coming, like some people think that he will be. It was very limited action. It was in garbage time, but I, I wasn't as blown away with him uh, last year as some people were. I mean, he's you can already hand him the Heisman, according to some, but if you watch what he did in limited action and then watch uh, DJ from Clemson, which one looked better? DJ looked ready to win a national championship, win a Heisman Trophy, be that guy. Like he played in two games and he looked like that guy. You could just see it. You know, he jumped off the screen at you. I didn't get that from Young. And he plays at Alabama. Craig McElroy was good at Alabama. I mean, so at the end of the day, it'll be easier for Bryce Young than any other quarterback in the SEC to look good. But I, I wasn't as blown away from what I saw as I was at least compared to uh, to DJ and others that will be more, I think should be more hyped up going into the season that are not getting enough credit. Uh, North Carolina's got a quarterback that should be hyped up nationwide right now, but he doesn't play at Alabama, I guess. Matt Corral should be getting more hyped nationally than, than he's getting so far. Um, but it's... It's JT Daniels and, oh, well, what about Bryce Young and Spencer Rattler? Well, Rattler had the same issues Corral did last year, but he he plays for Oklahoma. He's got that logo on his helmet. But that's kind of what we do. We're, we media people, if you can even put me in that category, we get so focused in college football on just the national championship. Like that's all the playoff. That's all we focus on. Because North Carolina isn't necessarily a national championship contender, I don't even talk about Sam Howell. He's just kind of out there, you know? It's crazy. Or maybe I'm just listening to, to the wrong podcast and radio shows. That that could also be true. JP says, Borky, generally after September, I'm done betting on college football. The out-of-conference matchup spreads and storylines are what make it so much fun, plus Vegas throws the most bones out then. Yeah, the, the first weekend, I swear, that's when you can make your most money is the opening weekend in college football. I swear. Will's asking if you really want any part of LSU in the next five years. That's a see, that's what I keep going back to. Is can the NCAA? I think the answer is yes. But can you punish anybody right now? Now that you've I mean, Miami has created a system where every player is going to get five hundred dollars a month while they're there because a booster is who owns a bunch of MMA gyms is going to give the program $540,000 a year just to hand out to kids. I mean, are we really going to allow that to exist and then also issue a press release two years down the road saying, well, this school paid players, and so they're getting postseason taken away? LSU slightly different because, one, in basketball, it was the head coach caught on a federal wiretap. It was a hospital charity being used to funnel money two players and their family, so that still would be against the rules. But um, can they do that anymore? I saw somebody yesterday uh, suggest that, that Ole Miss is back to cheating and recruiting, and it's like, buddy, players are getting paid now. 
I mean, the the whole they're cheating thing that's just gone now. I mean, you just you sound silly if that's going to be, you know, what you say. Oh well, they got that recruit because they're cheating. Well, man, kids are getting endorsement deals. That that that's over. That conversation's done. Um, but yeah, I think that even a guy like Billy Napier, if the LSU job comes open because of stuff like that, NCAA issues, that's still one of the best jobs in America. It will recover the same way Ohio State did. You guys remember Ohio State had postseason bans? I think two of them, right, in a row? At least one. I know that. They had to get move on from Jim Trestle, and they had the interim thing, and that didn't work, and it was a mess. And then they immediately started competing for championships again. There are certain programs that don't get decimated by the NCAA even after penalties, and LSU, I think, is is one of them. Yeah, Brian, I think Nate, he's being ultimate, like super selective. That's the only explanation, is that he he's making $2 million a year now at ULL. He can win a bunch of games. I mean, the people there are happy. So, you know, where does he need to go? And when Alabama inevitably comes open, maybe he jumps there. But I think LSU will be open first. If they go 7-5 and five this year, I mean, Orgeron's not surviving that anyway. And then you throw a scandal on there, and it's over. It is over. Um, Anyway, back to the returning production thing. Ole Miss leads the SEC, by the way. 86% of Ole Miss's production last year returned. So basically everybody, except for Elijah Moore and Kenny Yeboah, are back for that team. This also includes defense, by the way. It's both sides of the ball. Uh, it, It includes defense for whatever that's worth. But it's largely the same team. Uh, other than those two, and they've added some pieces on defense. Uh, that fact right there is why I'm really high on Ole Miss early this season, especially when it comes to uh, the Louisville game, and Louisville's 111th in college football and returning production. I don't expect Louisville to be very good, but that line is inside of double digits. I love Ole Miss in that game. Uh, quarterback, probably coaching at this point, uh, but quarterback, returning production, trench play should all favor Ole Miss. I think that's an easy win, especially if you're going to get that line around seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half, somewhere in there, depending on where you look. I think that's an easy win early in the season. I think that because of Ole Miss's experience and continuity, they could give. I'm not saying they're going to beat Alabama. I, I Nobody's going to beat Alabama until I see it with my own eyes, right? Uh, but they could make that Alabama game, what is it, week four? Or week three. I should know this off the top of my head. It's embarrassing that I don't. Um, Sorry, that's really embarrassing. Uh, It's week four. So technically week five, actually, because they have the bye week in week three. But I could see Ole Miss giving them a run just because of where it is on the schedule and the continuity and all that stuff. Early in the season is where I would lean on. When you look at Mississippi State, They are middle of the road in college football. 77% of their returning production from a year ago uh, is on the roster. Looking for NC State, uh, because I don't think Mississippi State will have trouble at all with um, Louisiana Tech early in the season. I I just, I don't think they will, regardless of who has what. But NC State is a team that has 19 starters coming back, I believe. 19 of them depending on what preview magazine you read. Uh, 
that gives an advantage to NC State. Offensively, Mississippi State returns a ton. Yeah, you do. I mean, that, that's that's really what benefits this number a lot for State is uh, is the offense. Um, I expect Jaden Wally to be more involved, or at least I would hope for him to be more involved in the offense. We got a text yesterday uh, from a State fan asking or, or saying that Mike Leach, uh, State could win you know, 10 games and have a Lincoln-Riley kind of offense if Mike Leach just ran the football. What He said one out of every three plays. And, you know, that's never going to happen. It's just not what he does. But I would like to see more of a force the issue to Jaden Wally kind of thing. It's just one year, and it was only really a few games where he really shined. But I think Mississippi State actually right now has – an NFL wide receiver, like a guy that would, could be drafted and, and play and be productive in the NFL, which is something they've struggled with, at least since I've lived in this state. Don't really, haven't really put players in the NFL at wide receiver. I think he is one of them. So I would like to see, especially early, you know, you've got this game with Louisiana Tech forcing the football to Wally, getting him 12, 15 targets or touches a game forcing the issue in the same way that Ole Miss did with Elijah Moore last year. Elijah Moore was Ole Miss's best wide receiver. Lane Kiffin did whatever he could to get him the football. Jaden Wally's Mississippi State's best wide receiver. I think it's Wally, and there's a drop-off before you get to anybody else. And you might be without one for at least the first game if uh, brawl suspensions uh, are a thing that actually happens. But forcing him the football the same way that Kiffin did Elijah Moore. Getting him touches, 15 targets a game. I would like to see that. I don't know if you call it a wrinkle, but I would like to see that element added to Mississippi State's offense this year. You've got an impact player. You've got a guy that can't be covered by one guy the majority of the time. So force the football to him. Don't just make it read-based because defenses are going to just try to take him away and you'll have to throw to other guys. But force the issue. Get him the football. I would, uh, I would like to see that personally. That's the biggest key for me is can Mississippi State get him the ball, um, force him the ball? Because there were times last year where I, I would watch State and think, what the hell are they doing? You know, what are they waiting on? Get him the football. Just force it to him. Don't mess around and don't go through your reads. Just find a way to get him the ball and maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll do that this year. Brian says on the first-year coach thing, Gene Stallings, Mike DeBose, and Bill Callahan all lost their first game to Southern Miss. What a stat. I didn't know that. What a stat. That is awesome. Um, it does take time. And I think I think Sark might be in for something. I think he might. That game is not going to be headlines in the opening weekend of college football, but I will I will be watching that game. Zach says, nothing would open the deep ball more than running the triple option. <laughs> I still think that if somebody like Kansas or Vanderbilt would hire one of these triple option coaches, they would have more success. I know it's not fun. It's not sexy. You're not selling tickets in Nashville running the triple option. But you're not selling tickets in Nashville anyway. So why not do something that works? Georgia Tech was really good. Was really good for years. They went to access bowls. 
with Paul Johnson. Why couldn't that formula work at Vanderbilt? Are you going to win a national championship running the triple option? No. Are you going to win the SEC doing it? Probably not. Are you going to be recycling coaches every three years because you're not winning anything at all and not going to the postseason at all? I would do that if I were them. So I know you're joking, but I would do that if I were a program like Kansas or Vanderbilt. That's what I would do. Give me the triple option. State brings in two wide receivers who started for Cal and Washington State from the portal. I, I know that. I, I still think Wally is, is better. Uh, I think he's an NFL player. That, that's what he showed you last year, that he's an NFL player. And I think because I'm using the comparison between State and Ole Miss and how Kiffin used Elijah Moore, Ole Miss has other good wide receivers. Braylon Sanders, I think, it can be good if he's healthy. It can be really good. Uh, Dontario Drummond's a deep ball threat and and possibly gets himself on a roster in the league. I think he's got a skill set that can, but the best wide receiver at Ole Miss was Elijah Moore, and that's why they forced him the football. Same concept applies here. JP says, it's got to get better on O in year two, right? I've watched Leach do this since he beat Eli and Cutcliffe with uh, Cliff Kingsbury at quarterback. We were talking about that yesterday some. Uh, what it has to look like. The pressure on Mike Leach. We talked about pressure on Dak Prescott on on here yesterday. And sadly, I'm running out of time. I, I've got to go. I, I've got a hard time. I've got to get out of here today. Got something to, to do. But um, it's got to look differently for Mississippi State. Uh, not every 6-6, six and six, just throwing a record out there, is created equal. If Mississippi State goes 6-6 six and six this year, but they're scoring a bunch of points, you know, they're lo- they, they lose a handful of games, for whatever reason, but it looks better. They're more competitive. Offense is moving the football. If they just happen to lose games for whatever reason, I think fans would accept that and would be okay with that and notice a shift in the philosophy and, and it's working and Mike Leach just needs more time to implement a system. It was an entire offensive philosophy culture shift between Mullen, Moorhead, and Leach. It was always going to take a couple of years to do which is why I never got too down on Mississippi State last year. It looked terrible, but that roster wasn't built to do what Leach wants to do. But now it should look better. They should move the football. They should score points. They shouldn't really struggle with Vanderbilt for four quarters. You know, that, like that stuff cannot happen. They can't get shut out by Kentucky. It's got to look better. But if they happen to roll out a 6-6, a six and six, for example, and – they win their four non-conference games. You know, they they beat NC State on a last-second field goal to win 17-14. to 14. And they win the other three, and they beat Vanderbilt, who's going to be probably bad again. And it, it looks ugly, but they win. And, you know, they, they play Arkansas, and it looks ugly, but they win and lose the Egg Bowl again and aren't competitive otherwise. It's not necessarily a hot seat situation, but – um the fans will be extremely restless, and some will even be calling for firing, but you're not going to fire Mike Leach after year two regardless. It's just not going to happen. Um, just not going to happen at all. But it's got to look better this year. I'm not so concerned about record for Mississippi State. Tell me how it looks. Because this was, like I said, this was always going to be a multi-year shift, a multi-year rebuild. If it doesn't look better, I'm concerned. I'm not worried about record. I'm worried about look. Fans hate that. I understand that. But 
this was a multi-year process. If it looks better, the right hire was made and winning is going to come eventually. But if it doesn't look any better, you may have a problem uh, on your hands. I really wanted to talk a lot more with you guys. I just, I, I have to go, sadly, this morning. I, I cannot waste any more time, not waste any more time. This isn't a waste of time. This is uh, the best part of my day uh, in terms of work. Um, I hate that I have to go, but but I uh, I do. I have somewhere to be in two minutes. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, leave a rating and a review on the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I've got more notes. I wanted to get to stuff today. We'll just pick this conversation back up tomorrow, if that's okay with you guys. So we'll just start from here and continue on tomorrow talking about returning production, opening games, why I'm picking who I'm picking, why I think Miami's going to cover against Alabama, returning production. I think Ole Miss is a safe bet over Louisville, uh, that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll continue talking about this uh, tomorrow. I've got a few more things I want to get to as well. Um, here, I'll actually answer this question for you. Arkansas and returning production. Let's find the Hogs. Uh, they are 71st in college football and returning production, so 76% right in the middle of the road. Right in the middle of the road. So I got to run, guys. I'm sorry. I I wish uh, I could have stayed longer, but I've got to go. We'll pick this right back up tomorrow in the same spot because this is just an enjoyable conversation. So uh, anyway, I got to go. Y'all be good. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Talk Mississippi Media Production.